Hello, I'm fine. Uh, and you? I'm good. So nice to put a face to uh, the name. <laughs> For me too. It's a it's a pleasure to know you finally in uh, in face. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> since it's like two years or one and a half yeah. since we we worked together. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure. Welcome uh, to this uh, solo voices session to the Margaret Hooligans. Uh, that is a band that uh, we already know in uh, the Formula Indy, and now we are here uh, to talk uh, with uh, that guys. And um, uh, first of all, how did the Margaret Hooligans come together as a band, and and what inspired the, the band name? You want to start or me? Well, how did we come together? Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we we were married. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw in the in the in the in the bio. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. So, um, so how we started? I guess the real answer is is that he was always in bands. Um, I'm a little bit new. I mean, I've always played music, but I, I haven't been in bands so much. Um, and I started playing with a friend of mine, who. Um, we had like an acoustic ukulele and cello duet thing going on. We used to play festivals and stuff. And I booked a festival for us and then she couldn't come to it. So I asked him, I didn't want to play by myself. I asked him if he would play some conga and stuff like that. And we taught our daughter to play, you know, sing some of the songs. So that's how we kind of started. And we needed to come up with a, just a name for that that evening. So we, we decided to call ourselves the Margaret Hooligans. Um, and we had been playing a little bit off and on just for fun anyway. But then that's that's kind of I think the start of it is that we we thought okay maybe we should continue doing this thing and then the pandemic happened so it really cemented stuff but we'd started playing a little bit before then yeah I mean her big move was going from going electric basically like Dylan going electric uh, Meg Craddy going electric <laughs> um, in order to play with the drum set all right sorry I just needed to do a little <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway. And the Margaret Hooligan's name uh, could go a couple ways. Could be based on uh, the uh, Margaret Hooligan character from MASH, or it could be um, unlikely uh, perpetrators, malfeasance doers. You wouldn't expect old people or kids to commit crimes, and we call them Margaret Hooligans. Yeah, just, just kind of like plain clothes mischief makers. And uh, I have a question. You you was uh, uh, first married and then a band, or was uh, first a band and then you you married? Oh, oh wow! Uh, <laughs> Definitely, yeah. We were together without music forever. Except well, except for actually, it's funny you say that. We weren't technically a band, but he and I met at a summer camp um, years and years ago. And this was actually when I was with somebody Not else. Not as kids, as, as counselors. <laughs> right, right. We were we were adult counselors for a kid's summer camp. And um, they used to do like a, like a talent show for the counselors. Like the they wanted us to show up our talents for the kids. So we actually did put together a little musical thing just for that. Like we, you know, just played covers or whatever, but that actually was the first time we ever played together. And that was before he and I were married. So maybe we were a band before we were married. <laughs> yeah, can you share some uh, insights into the band's uh, musical influence uh, and uh, the genres that they've uh, shaped uh, your sound? Um, I, I never played um, an instrument in school, you know, as a young kid, the piano or whatever. So I, I, 
I was never in music to make my music teacher happy or to make adults go, oh, you're getting really good. Um, you know, I started playing at 13 because I wanted to play. And it was about kind of, you know, uh, revolting against what's going on, like what works in your life up to age 13 doesn't necessarily work as a teenager. So I had to make a change. And so music to me is not about nice things or nice sounds or even happiness. It is about energy and aggression and, uh, you know, just youthful revolt. And I'm trying to hold on to that now. Um, but these days it's pretty easy to, uh, want to revolt against certain things. So, so I'm about being aggressive, not nice. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> I'm about being nicely aggressive. Um, no, I, so I, I said he was in bands forever and that's true. Like he, he really kind of came to music and really, you know, came to music. Um, I'm more of exactly what he described. Somebody who played piano when she was five. Uh, I was sang in the choir through my whole like young adult, you know, up till adult life. Um, I took guitar lessons. I took flute lessons. I, I mean, I did a lot of different things with music, but it was, again, one of those things where I just didn't have the discipline or the mindset to re really keep doing it. I would say the best I got was maybe like when I was a teenager, I did start writing my own songs and I would perform them for a, an open mic that my guitar teacher thought I should do like, you know, near us. So I used to do that kind of stuff. So I kind of had an inkling that maybe I liked songwriting and like that kind of stuff. But then I went to school for art and kind of forgot about it for a million years. And uh, and then I just was his roadie for a little while. Like he did, he was still kind of doing some band stuff. We were together. So I carried the drum sets and I you know, got to hang out in the green room and get looked at. Where people could smoke marijuana without being bothered. That's not the green room in the little bars we played. Food. John, John oh, friends oh, used oh, to have yeah. like the hummus right. platter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And then I would get dirty looks from the other bands. They'd be like, who's she? And I'm like, I'm the lady who's eating your hummus. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so the music thing I really just started because I um it's, a, it's kind of a silly reason. I I do art stuff, and I, I actually cut off this part of my finger um, a long time ago. How long? 12 years ago or so? I don't know. It was a long time ago. And I when I did it, I had just been picking up the guitar again. So our daughter was like a baby, and I used to play guitar, like just make up songs for her and just be silly. Um, and I got really annoyed after I did it because I, I realized I couldn't play the guitar anymore. It hurt. So I stopped playing and I was just a little pissed about it, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't really play anymore. So I wasn't that upset, but just kind of the idea of it got under my skin a little bit. And then a year or two later, I had a friend whose son had a ukulele and I thought, oh, I'll get her one. Like she might like that. So I just got her a stupid, you know, $30 ukulele. And then I started messing around with it. And I realized it didn't hurt my fingers to play it. And I liked playing it. And I wanted to teach her something. And of course, at her age, she didn't want me to share with her. So I had to buy my own ukulele. Um, and that's how I got back into music was was through this instrument. Um, and that spawned its own strange thing. I started making ukulele straps. I started getting myself involved in ukulele communities and festivals, which led into me writing songs again and making music with my other friend and then eventually him. So that that 12 minute uh, answer for that, he wanted 30 seconds, but he got 12 minutes. <laughs> oh, but we didn't even talk about our musical influences. Oh, well, yeah, it, it, aggression for me and <laughs> niceness for me. No, I don't know. Oh, I, I thought he, I thought he meant more like musical influences, like the the music we listen to. Was that what you meant in the question? Or did yeah, you... yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll do we that. go in another uh, question, but I, I like it. That, that that's interesting because 
I really want to know your uh, your origins too, and uh, you ask at that. But yeah, I would like to know also the musical influences, the band that you listen, the the the, the cities that you have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll oh yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about um, that. Me, it's basically um, let's say British band, a uh, Black American music, um, probably until until 1980, uh, but British uh, music from the 60s, Black American music. So that's like you know, the Who, the Kinks, uh, Hendrix. Uh, Otis Redding, James Brown, Miles Davis, you know, um, you know, if if there's energy, I'm I'm gonna give it a chance. Yeah, I would say I liked all that stuff too. Um, and then the other stuff that I would add into it is, um, I learned how to sing. Not you know, I was in choir and all other stuff, but I really learned how to be expressive with my voice by listening to other women who sang like that. So Tori Amos, Fiona Apple, those types of people were people I used to just sing in my car to. And, you know, when you're in your car, you don't really worry about how good you sound. So you can experiment a bit. So that's where I think where I learned a lot of singing was just by listening to other vocalists. <clears throat> the next question, <laughs> the, the next question is for Mac Gratty, the mm -hmm. metal, um, lead vocals, electric uh, ukulele and electric mm -hmm. guitar. How do you mm -hmm. balance uh, these roles uh, within uh, the band? Um, I mean, it's not really all that difficult like I'm not playing all the instruments at once so that it's not tough in that regard I think our, our biggest challenge really is that um if we do play stuff live like uh, we, we haven't been a live band ever we've always just played live in our basement and not gone out done, done stuff so when we record stuff we have the ability to be a multi-instrumentalist like we can play lots of different things which of course presents its own issues if you do decide to take that music and play live so um Mostly I just strip everything back when that happens. Like if it's not, you know, I can't play lead necessarily in rhythm at the same time. So you kind of have to pick or choose what you're doing in that moment. Um, but other than that, it's just a matter of learning which chords are, are right and which tuning, which is its own memory issue when you get older. <laughs> what chord am I playing now? Oh, I don't know. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Uh And Mr. Yeah. Strontium, Mr. Strontium uh, is uh, is pronounced well. Yes, yes, perfect. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> you, you, you're all involved in backup vocals and drums, percussion. How do you contribute to the band's uh, unique sound? Um, you know, someone once said a pretty famous musician once said something about keeping not a drummer, obviously said something about keeping time or whatever. I don't keep time. And that's not the drummer's job. Everyone's supposed to just keep time to feel in their body. They don't just hang on to a drummer playing quarter notes, eighths, sixteenths. So I, I don't do that. I, I create the energy and the feel uh, with her. That that's That's my only job. I actually would give him even a little bit more credit because he doesn't, I don't know if he realizes he does this or not, But um, I come up with melodies a lot based on the stuff that he comes up with. But I started doing this even before we were a band. He practices for hours all the time and it's in our basement. And so like on the upper floors, you can hear everything. And I'd be in the kitchen and I'd be like singing along like little melodies with it because I could hear them through the through his drumming. So I think he, in a way he comes up with rhythm, like a melody through his rhythms, which not all drummers do. Like a lot of drummers are exactly what he said, just, you know, just keeping time and it's not anything exciting. I think he does more than that. 
<clears throat> and my little backup vocal um, contribution <laughs> is purely comic relief. I mean, I, I don't do it as a joke, but... Um, well, we talk about a lot of serious stuff. We need something to break it up. It's usually just to uh, <laughs> to kind of trick her because, you know, maybe I'll do some vocal overdubs and she won't know about it. Then she'll get to the song <laughs> to do something. And it's like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Um, so it's a joke, apparently. <laughs> it's a joke for just for me. <laughs> do, do you guys record the video of uh, Monkey Nutsa in, uh, in, in uh, there? Oh, so no, I wish we had. Um, we actually uh, did a different one, which will be coming out in May. It's, we have a song coming up in May called um, was it The Stonehengers. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's part of the new album. And we did shoot it with with Simon and Phil from the Quarks. Um, so that I'm really excited to have come out. But the Monkey Nuts video we did afterwards because uh, we kind of had like an afternoon where we jammed and did all these songs. And we just did a few overdubs that we sent back and forth after we had come home. So we hadn't done a video. And um, I... I I made that one, but I asked them to to like film themselves. They sent me the clips, and then I cut everything together. Okay. <clears throat> Every band uh, faces uh, challenges. So what obstacles have you encountered in your career, uh, and how did you navigate uh, uh, through them? Um. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, too, the, the... being married is fun. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty amazing that we've remained married and being in a band. I don't know how. Well, it's, I don't know it's how you're, today. Anyway. I don't know how young people will do it. Like young people who yeah, make a career true. out of it, like maybe in their late 20s. I don't know how they would stick together. But uh, the main challenge has been um, the end of COVID as a health crisis, <laughs> because that means that our time especially hers is now scattered right that's true to the four corners because life is back um it, covid was great for this band um we had a lot more time to do stuff that we don't i don't have it's just so much stuff i mean even just like nowadays i, I don't know what it's like for you, you around the holidays but it's insane like there's just always so much going on there's too much to do I run a business, which I'm I'm actually leaving at the end of this year. And like, that's crazy. And you can never predict what's going to happen. So it makes it really hard to schedule things well. And that's, that's the only way we make it work. Um, so yeah, scheduling is actually a big problem for our band. <laughs> as long as we do it. <laughs> um, what else? Do we have any other obstacles? <laughs> I mean, like I would say early on recording, like figuring out how to record stuff well was a bit of a challenge. Oh, yeah, we couldn't. Uh, so we we got a recording and we thought, you know, it was in the ballpark. We knew it was a little crazy. No one would help mix it. Yeah. I mean, people would say, hey, I, I want to mix it or whatever. When we give the person something and they would disappear. <laughs> maybe they maybe they're buried under some parking lot. I don't know. <laughs> then someone else says, Oh, no, I'll mix it. And then a couple days later, no, I can't do that. Yeah. So no. we, if we were lucky, we'd hear we were them. we were a little worried. But uh, then finally, once it, we got established, now everything makes sense. And we're we're right. more confident. And uh, I mean, we did learn some like some tricks, like it is really, it's a lot to, to, to learn, like it's, it's learning a whole new language in a way. Um, because even if you think you know something, you don't really. And then you, you have to send it out to someone and have them tell you you did it wrong. Um, so we learned a couple tricks that way. And then he spent a lot of time learning how to mix, even though he swore he did, was never going to do that. Um, and I think that's actually been very helpful. Because part of the problem with recording your own stuff is giving it to someone else and then expecting them to to make it the way you want it to sound. 
and them not having any idea what that is. And maybe you not even quite knowing what that is. But when you get it back, you're like, that's not it. <laughs> so and it's hard to explain to them, like, that wasn't what I was looking for. And there's time and money involved. I mean, mixing is, all, is a big job. So if they didn't do it right, you also don't want to be like, sorry, it's awful. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I think that's that's probably a big challenge for us. I don't. I think the creative side of for, of things have actually been very good. Not see that's falling off a log every time. Every time we get together, like maybe I'll have some beats ready to go, um, but we we always come up with stuff. I mean, we give each other freedom, and um, that that part has never been an issue at all. But now you are set it up with a uh, sound engineer, no? In no, the... we do everything ourselves still. Ah, okay. <laughs> I mean, we, we will send out mastering stuff just because we think another set of ears should be on it, but he does all the mixing. So the the, so the last few songs we've released has been all him, and then we had it mastered by um, a man named Kramer who has done things. Yeah, but, but whole surfers. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive because uh, that sounds uh, really well, uh, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um... Have there uh, been any collaboration or featured artist that you uh, particularly enjoyed working with? And how do these collaborations impact uh, the band's creative process? Um, so we've collaborated with Nine O'Clock Nasty a little bit, um, Quarks, obviously, and I did some vocals for I Am The Unicorn Head. We haven't done a lot of it. We're kind of a, a band that holds on to our stuff. Um... Yeah, I mean, we've, we've really been working on 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 our stuff like you know going from scratch you know in late 2019 to trying to build up where we want to be but you know playing with the quarks i mean that was amazing they just you know we thought we were really basically just going to watch them practice but like we played came up with songs and like they, they recorded it on the spot i mean no that was a, i was a stunning i mean i really i honestly thought we would just be chilling out like well let's see if we can come like kind of come up with some ideas for a song that maybe we would work out together you know once we got home and we came out with three run on the bat and it was they had the recording set up i mean it's i got mixes like that night i was like what's going on yeah, they're amazing. Wild. like it's funny nine o'clock nasty i'm sure would be so deliberate like nine o'clock nasty we're we're so different than they are you know i i think about like why i like them so much because every note of theirs there's not a misplaced note everything is specific precise all of our notes are all scattered all over the place happy accident um but the, i i think i like them so much because like i was saying before they are like subversive not not only some of their songs whether it's low fat jesus or sleepy policeman or all, all that but just the fact that they are doing it they are not young we're not young but just that they have the energy to say we we can't lie down yet there's still the world is whatever music today is kind of crappy um i mean i think it's been that way for nearly 30 years but um just the act oh, of, <laughs> of older people trying to do this is is a revolt it's like saying no to what is and i i love them for that even though musically we're we're so different they do they they do a great job they was in in this show in uh before the oh, yeah. summer and um you meet in person uh, with them uh, at the end yeah, we, we we went to go we went to england and went to go visit them at their homes <laughs> we just you know yeah, just we, showed we up. saw them we saw them play a show a really yeah. good punk show with uh Gay bikers, Gay bikers on, on acid, acid and Texas Poser was the other one. Uh, yeah, and we we did a video. Yeah, the video with them. Yeah, um, Scarjo. Um, no, we we loved hanging out with them. Uh, 
I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Can you share a behind the scenes anecdote or interesting story related to your journey uh, as an artist? You got one? <laughs> He's been an art, like a, a musician, in my opinion, longer than I have. So he probably has better. I'll stories. tell you a story, but it's it's not really a journey. Um, so, you know, John Bonham is thought of as one of the great drummers of all time. Uh, you know, he certainly was. I believe he was like 20 years old on Led Zeppelin one. Uh, you know, just amazing. Um, so my band was playing. Um, this is. 26 years ago, my play, my band is playing upstairs at a place in uh, Philly called the Trocadero. And downstairs is the big theater that seats like, what, maybe 1,500, 1,800, something like that. Well, John Bonham's son, Jason Bonham, is playing in a Led Zeppelin cover band down there for like a charity thing. I think his father had like motorcycles for Christmas type of thing. I'm sure that's wrong. But anyway... So he's playing drums in that band and our band is kind of the late band because we're, we're the adult band really. So um, we, we do our, they do their thing. We do our thing upstairs and, and Jason Bonham is like near the front of the stage after we're finished. And like, he's, uh, you know, like kind of bowing down, like saying what a good job I did. And he wanted to talk to me. I was like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're talking and, you know, I can't really hear what he's saying. But the gist of it is he wants me to get him like speed or cocaine. <laughs> he thought I was playing very fast. That was a very fast band. And he thought I sh must have been on something. And he wanted to get what I was on. <laughs> so I thought he just really liked my drumming, wanted to talk. No, he just wanted to get something from me. So I had to say, no, no, no. My speed is natural. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> And uh, and what's your favorite part of uh, the music creation uh, process? I mean, from the writing to recording and uh, performing. And do you have uh, any unique uh, rituals? Oh, uh, well, we sacrifice a goat before every practice. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, do we have any? I mean, I like coming up with the songs. That's always a good part. I, I think there are what I'll call growing pains. Jamming is always super easy because there's no pressure. You just come up with whatever. Um, I, I really like coming up with the music videos. I have a background in art, so that's always fun for me to like, kind of come up with ideas for that and direct it and stuff. Uh, what else? Do, well, what yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just jamming, coming up with ideas, having freedom. Uh, that's great. Um, the worst part for me is putting some of these, what I think are really nice raw ideas and then trying to form them into a song sometimes it gets a little too narrow and we lose, or I think we lose some of the, uh, I don't know, vibrancy of of what we had. But without, I mean, your worst thing is whatever record companies used, used to do for bands in the past that now we have to do for ourselves, that's what she hates. Yeah. And I don't blame her one bit. My God. It's a lot of work. But the music is great. Everything else <laughs> yeah so the favorite part is making all the music the bad part is promoting all of it i mean this is lovely I, i'll say that I, I actually really enjoy talking to people about her stuff i it's the it's the coming up with the social media stuff because you feel like it never ends and you're not really sure whatever's like what people are going to respond to well and and sometimes it's really random like I, the best video we've ever put out in terms of view count 
was him un un unboxing our CDs. And I was like, is this a joke? Like 21,000 people looked at him unbox a box? Like that's, oh, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know, what, what's gonna be in there? It's George Clooney's <laughs> wife's head? I mean, what, what, I mean. I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's uh, the whole thing, that unboxing thing, anyway. <laughs> can you share more about the inspiration uh, behind uh, Ale Katzstomp and its connection to Stevie Van Zandt? Um, So that that song, he mostly wrote the lyrics for that, which is a, a, a twist. Usually I write the lyrics for most of our music, but he's, he's written a few of them. And it came from um, one line that I had, which was, uh, and I didn't actually, we changed it, but I wrote, I, I sang into the microphone when we were jamming, Stevie Van Zandt isn't better than me. Only because I was thinking of, did you ever watch Flight of the Concords? Do you know that show? No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it was a short-lived HBO series, um, and they, they are like a, an actual, they're actual musicians. From who, New Zealand. From New Zealand, and they are really, really funny. Um, but there's an episode where one of them writes a song where he's basically naming all these artists who he thinks aren't better than him, and he's like singing it in a library. So that was in my head. Yeah, Jay-Z is better than me. Right, most definitely better than me. Right. But so, so I heard that lyric and I was like, no, 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 no. He is better than us. <laughs> so so it became uh, Steve Van Zandt right. is better than me. And then I, and then I had, yeah. Like, and then I had the other line about the headscarves from Patagonia, which, by the way, we don't know where he gets his headscarves, but it was a good line. So we kept it. Um, so as usual, like when we do have different vocals or different stories. So she's got mostly right. the story of Stevie Van Zandt, his life. Um, meeting Springsteen. I'm telling the story of his buddy, Milky Way Mikey, who doesn't get in the band. And when the people don't get what they want, now we've got problems. So being that this is, you know, you know, Mr. Born in the USA, you know, Mikey's got to get a gun to solve his problems. So, yeah. you know, we combine those two. It's weird how we do that. We don't really, this is the one thing I think that is maybe a little strange about the way we make music is that we don't often have a point Like in, in terms of like, we sat down, we're like, we're gonna write a song about gun violence today. No, we never do that ever, but things weave their way in somehow and you go, oh, I guess that's what it's about. Um, <laughs> so it's it's bizarre how that works. Maybe I wasn't supposed to give away that secret. I don't know. Is that a trade secret of the Margaret Hooligans? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I having come from, when I wrote songs, it was one voice, right? It was one, okay, I have this idea. Let me write the song. There's a verse, there's a chorus. The way we do things together is very different. There's a lot more back and forth. So things, come up that I, I we don't always expect and sometimes it's just because he makes a title that i wasn't expecting and that i have a challenge to make the song about that title but officially we do like stevie van zandt oh, yes. he is better than us please play us on the little he's underground. A good, oh, he's a good actor we love his his radio whatever i mean he thinks the best who record is is the album is my generation Not Tommy, not mm. Quadrophenia, not who's next not i mean he loves that 60s sound he loves that Yes. So we love you, little Stevie. You're definitely better than us. <laughs> <laughs> What are the, the band's goals and aspiration for uh, the, the future? Do you have any specific uh, milestones or uh, projects on uh, the horizon? We're working on something. You want to tell them about it? What's, what is that? Well, the fifth record. Oh, has well, no, whole... I mean, just in general, <laughs> I want to keep things moving. I want 10 records in 10 years. Uh, that's a challenge. 
Um, That's news to me. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> we're, 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 we're getting close. I mean, we're a little behind because, you know, when you start, it's just playing, no recording, and then you have right. to kind of catch up. But, you know, our daughter is here for another... Five years. Um, is it five? Five and a half. Yeah. So we know we're set where we are and who we are and what our parameters are for that long. So just make music and then hopefully we'll still be alive and uh, be able to uh, jump on it and uh, travel to Vienna and start playing in a... What, Vienna? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we go to Madrid? We'll go visit Alessandro. Well, what are your goals? <laughs> uh, what are my goals? Um, so we wrote a song called Psycho Diapers. It's on the, it's the last track of our second album. And I... I've been obsessed with this idea of a musical forever because I really like musicals. He doesn't, but I really like them. I tried to write a musical years ago um, that had some good numbers in it, but it failed um, mainly because I'm not really good at writing stories. So that's a problem. But I did really enjoy writing Psycho Diapers because it was like putting all these things together and almost making like its own little rock opera. And I still like the idea of that. So maybe a, one, a longer one of those in the future or like a, a concept album of sorts. Again, we haven't talked about this, so this is news to him as well, as a <laughs> 10 records in 10 years that I just found out about. <clears throat> but well, yeah. that's why I, I stay on you about overdubs oh. and about practicing. Right. And I think we should do a murder ballads album. <laughs> I already joked about that. <laughs> that <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're... <laughs> that's a great uh, milestone, uh, you know? But, yeah. uh <laughs> But it's interesting to to have uh, that uh, ob objective, uh, you know. Is uh, I, I think is very interesting. All What's right, back? <laughs> <laughs> the old half an hour gag. I got you. <laughs> no, it, it, it's really a pleasure to talk uh, with you guys, and uh, also I think it's uh, lovely that uh, you are a band and a married couple because. I, I can understand because um, with with my wife we mm. we work together to um, uh, to uh, the, the effort of the European Indie Music Network. So I can understand the, the, the things that like uh, you're hitting and you said oh, this thing uh, maybe could uh, could be made better and uh, <laughs> this thing and uh, it's very nice. <laughs> 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 we're 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 both very blunt with each other, so it's we really don't have those hurt feelings. I think if you're too nice to the person you're with all the time, I don't I don't know how you keep that up. At, at some point, you know, you're going to be grumpy, say something, and they if they haven't heard that grumpiness before, they'll freak out. Well, some people are just a lot nicer than you are. That's true. There's a lot. Some people are a lot nicer than she is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, your uh, discography. How do you see the progression from uh, your early releases uh, to the most recent ones? You got an answer? I think musically, it, it's it's all us. Um, I think our first record's a great representation of us. I, we don't. I don't look back at it and going, ah, I wish you know we were more together or something. No, that's an excellent first record. Um, I think the process has become easier. Like on those first couple records, like we were, I was afraid that it just wouldn't happen. I, I thought stuff would just disappear. <laughs> like she would transfer something somewhere to, and I'll go, it's not here anymore. And I'd be holding my head, uh, you know, cause I'm not good at this 
this ether sphere nothingness. I want to hold something. That's why I'm a drummer. I'm a caveman. I have sticks and I hit goddamn <laughs> objects. Um, um, so I, I'm less scared about the computer and everything it might do to me. Um, he knows more about it than I do now. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> musically, I think we've always been true to ourselves. Um, never had to push anything um, or hold anything back. So, Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting how our, the sound has evolved a little bit in a way. And a part of that was because the very first album is literally like the worst like recordings that we made. And then we, we got a little bit better at it. Um, so, but it has its own kind of like, I mean, that's very garagey. And then I feel like it gets slightly more refined as we go along. But even the subject matter, I feel like has gotten a little bit more like tighter somehow. I, I honestly think, I mean, not like we did it on purpose because we tend to write music in bulk. Um, but when we go to edit and put everything together, like I th think we pair it up in terms of themes, like what we think sounds good together, whatever informs that intuition. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see how it's it's evolved. There'll still always be silly songs about donuts and things, you know, to break up. The I hope so. <laughs> God, I hope so. Because this last, I mean, the, the album we're promoting now, I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, in a way it's gotten a bit more serious, which is interesting because the original stuff was done during the pandemic, which was a really terrible time, but we kept it pretty light because I think we needed to to just do that. And now it's gotten a little a little more serious. So we have, I think, at least one silly song in that new album. Chicken Fingers, yes. Chicken Fingers. <laughs> but everything else has got a little bit more of a serious undertone. Oh, Lord. True. <laughs> Now, an extra question. Since you said in your bio we could uh, made uh, strange, the strangest question. Uh, <laughs> if if your guys um, were characters in a romantic comedy, who would play the lead roles and uh, what would be the plot be? So, well, we could... Um, a similar plot would be um, I'm Dustin Hoffman, that's Aunt Bancroft, and she um. is being a predator trying to get me the way she locked him in the bedroom you know she locked me in the this toilet of the standard tap years ago but um pr probably um richard burton and elizabeth taylor and who's afraid of virginia wolf oh that's a good um one. you know people who know each other maybe too well yeah so uh you know, they don't have any problems like pulling punches at all <laughs> martha we must get to practice the overdubs are your responsibility martha. i'm not going to do an elizabeth taylor impression did you expect that always always I called pray. <laughs> I mean, I always call her that beautiful uh, cat no yes this is trapper he's 17 and a half wow <laughs> That's Old lovely. Man. We we have two. <laughs> oh yeah. We had two. Oh, okay. Then uh, <laughs> we drove. <laughs> they, they didn't really get along and the other one passed away. We we really loved the other cat a lot. He was nicer than this one, but um <laughs> he uh he unfortunately did not make it. Anywho. <clears throat> and now we will play your new single, uh, Mary Cat Stomp. Maybe you can introduce it for us and uh, let us know uh, what uh, do you want to express uh, with that song and um, what is uh, next up uh, in uh, with uh, Margaret Hooligan's uh, band, what we can expect uh, later. Oh, well, with Alley Cat Stomp, uh, it's a song about two things, basically. Um... You know, that rock and roll and the ambition and the acceptance and the friendship that can come with it. And there's also the downside for the, the guy who doesn't make the band. 
Milky Way Mikey. So we've we've got the uh, the success and the failure. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's a garage rock ban banger. What am I gonna say? It is. It is. I, I like music that makes you dance, but doesn't force you to. If that makes sense. Like, uh, you know, if I go out with friends, they'll all go dancing to stuff that I can't stand. Like, I don't like electronic dance music or anything like that. But if you put on James Brown, I'll dance. So that's what I think about a lot with our music is that I want it to make me move, but not force me to. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with Dolly Cat stuff. Oh, because we danced in the video. There you go. <laughs> um, as far as what's coming up next, we have Main Street Zulus next month. Um which is uh well it has drums and it has vocals <laughs> the usual suspects um and you know other good singles for the for the rest of 2024 yeah a lot of lot of rocking energetic stuff it's just not gonna stop a couple more things with the quarks that'll be coming up next we don't have dates yet for that but um we have two more singles coming out with them too and <laughs> Then thank you so much for your time. It was a true pleasure to talk with you guys. You're a wonderful uh, band, a wonderful uh, couple, and uh, I'm honored to have um, the the chance to talk with you guys. Now we will listen the Margaret Hooligans with Elicat's uh, <laughs> Stomp and. Uh, yes. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank you. Great seeing you. Bye. Bye. All right.